As we are talking about Fannie Willis, there's some really damning details. And again, we're waiting to see what the judge is going to do tomorrow in the case. Um, Megan Kelly got a hold of some of these text messages. And she opened, she has a show. She opened her show. I've known Megan a long time. And she's a, she's a great journalist. Uh, we were friends and, and terrific woman. She opened her show uh, referring to all of these message exchanges. And in the text, um, she talks about the back and forth of the conversations with this attorney, who is the divorce attorney for Nathan Wade, and Nathan Wade. Remember, Wade is the prosecutor, again, investigating Trump, the lover of Fannie Willis. No conflict of interest there. Um, and he's talking to the attorney who's now questioning him on the stand, as we heard on Monday. But of course, they're on opposing sides now, but they're apparently friends. So she was messaging him and saying, you know, you know, I want to find out about the time frame when they started their relationship. In other words, did she hire him because they were already dating? And they say, oh, no, of course, publicly. No, oh, no. They hired and then somehow all those messages and all those cell tower pings and all those things in the area before she hired him. That's just all coincidence, right? So this was really powerful because there's one text message and it says, do you think the affair started before she hired him? This is the attorney, Ashley Merchant, according to what Megan was reporting. And um, she represents co-defendant Mark Roman. She texted the attorney, Terry Bradley, in early January. He replies, absolutely. It started when they left the DA's office and was judge in South Fulton. It's not like, oh, I don't know. Remember on the stand, he's like, uh, 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 speculation. I can't recall. I can't this. Even when he was confronted with the mess, it's absolutely. And he even admitted on the stand that he had a conversation with the guy. But when you read it, there's a lot more definitiveness to his conversations here with this woman and back and forth that sure look like. There was definitely a relationship, which is what I think anybody with half a brain would think just watching the guy's actions. He was evasive as hell. He knew that being on the stand, he was going to get in a lot of trouble. So as opposed to saying no or yes, because he didn't want to ruin his friendship also with Nathan Wade and their mutual friends. He was like, oh, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. I mean, it was so uh, it was unbelievable. But now that you see the messages and you see the way he acted in court and the judge probably knows a lot more than we do because he forced the guy to testify and said that it's not necessarily attorney-client privilege. Let's see if the judge does the right thing tomorrow. Let's see if there's justice in Fulton County. We'll find out. But in the meantime, as a tribute to Fulton County, Fanny, here is one of my favorite lines from her. Take a listen. This is what she said on the stand. It's interesting that we're here about this money. Mr. Wade is used to women that, uh, as he told me one time, the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. We would have brutal arguments about the fact that I am your equal. I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. A man is a companion. And so there was tension always in our relationship, which is why I would give him his money back. I don't need anybody to foot my bills. The only man who's ever foot my bills completely is my daddy. A man is not a plan. And the only thing a woman's good for, according to uh, Nathan Wade, so she says, is to make a sandwich. By the way, I'm not a good sandwich maker, so you don't want to ask me to make a sandwich for you. I'm not good at that. But 
Anyway, she did give definitely some memorable lines. Where is all this headed? Where is the Hunter Biden case headed? If indeed he did not deny that his father was the big guy when he was under oath. Let's see where that goes because the transcript is leaking out now. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert. Line five in Philly. Robert. On line five, Robert, go ahead, Robert, if you're there. Sorry, I'm here. Um, okay, go ahead. Good to, good to talk to you, Rita. Uh, before, I'll be quick. Before I get to my point, I wanted to reassure that prior caller about the Senate. Twenty-two or 33 seats are up for election this time. 22 of them are Democrats. Seven of them are in, Trump, in states that Trump won handily. So we're going to take back the Senate this time, no matter what happens. Which, by the way, but, I agree with you. It looks much more promising. And like the math, sometimes the math doesn't always equate to the results, but usually it does. And I think there is a good chance. Now, what? what by the way, before you move on, Robert, do you think uh, the Republicans are going to keep the House? Yes. Because that's going to be a little tougher. Uh, it is going to be a little tougher, but Joe won it for us. The, the table, the, the, the tabletop issues and immigration and the cost of living and the, everything is crazy. And people are just done with it, done with it. He's getting 28 percent favorability polls in handling certain issues. And I firmly believe that's the extent of his hardcore support, about 28 percent. I want to know. Any- I want to know who's the 28 percent. Robert, <laughs> I mean, the, the hardcore lefties and the people who don't want to uh, stand is probably a good example. He's probably been a Democrat so long that MSNBC is keeping him angry and a Democrat. Um, but um, everybody's and this is a good example. Stan says, well, what did Biden do for the money? The guy in the media that was bugging coma. What did Biden do for the money? Why aren't they asking Biden what he did for the money? Why are you asking Republicans what Joe Biden did with the money? I mean, it, the media is crazy. Oh, CRT's not being taught. Um, it didn't start in a lab. That's a conspiracy theory. And every time they're wrong and people still watch them and they still have enough power to keep the Democrats competitive. And that's my point. When we have an honest media, we'll have our country back, Rita. I agree. And also, not only that, and I do agree, there definitely needs to be more balance in the media. I also think that Republicans also have to speak out loud and clear because I bring up the buy, you know, the border is a perfect example. My goodness, Robert. I mean, look what we saw today. President Biden goes to the border. He only spent, I think it was like four hours the first time, and he didn't even see a migrant the first time. I'm not sure if he saw any today, but if it was, well, it, they were all staged, you know, part of well, the dog and pony show. But but in all fairness, yeah, go ahead. In all, in all fairness, no matter how loud the Republicans yell, the media is just ignoring them. And the people who watch the media aren't hearing it, no matter how loud we yell. And I don't care. You know, the media, Ron DeSantis said about it, we don't care about them anymore. They're digging their own grave and they're making their own selves relevant. It's just going to take time. That's all. But, but Republicans have to speak truth to power because Absolutely. there are so many facts that are on the Republican side. I mean, when you talk about uh, the view of protecting the border, the view of let's get rid of these repeat offenders so they don't repeat again. Uh, you know, make, gotta listen. Yes, yeah, but I think the average American is Robert, and oh, and I, I agree. I agree. I mean, look look at the anger in this country, an understandable anger. Yep. And I think the people, you know, it, you know, it's interesting. You know, I've been in the media a long time, Robert, and well, when when we first started, it wasn't like 
two alternate universes. Now I think I think they're realizing the average American is realizing that the many in the media are so blatantly stilted that they're starting to tune them out. Well, after watching Rachel Maddow lose her mind last night, I can tell you that it's going to be fun watching them be apoplectic when President Trump makes his return. I'll be watching with popcorn. Have a great <laughs> night, Rita. Thank you, Robert. Always love talking to you. Thanks so much. 